At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the program, Betting Across America. We present it by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host, live from Las Vegas. Your other host, James Salinas. Live from Denver, Colorado, James, Major League Baseball. I did the in-game thing yesterday to catch that Giants ticket. Crazy game, right? Against the Dodgers. That's what, that's what we were expecting. And we talked about that. Like with the, the starters were going to be probably a pitcher's duel early. But then once you tap into that Dodgers bullpen, where was the meltdown going to come? And was it? And it sure did when it came to Jansen in the ninth. And it's, it's I'm not sure what they, what are the Dodgers going to do going forward? I mean, the trade deadline's coming up here in a week. Are they going to get after it? Are they going to look to uh, replace Jensen and put him, you know, as a setup man? He can't be the closer. Are they going to be able to, to win, not only forget the World's series can they win the national league west the way that this bullpen has been dumping games left and right in particular kenley jansen and that came true true last night too for giants backers so good for you pritch we talked about it baseball we know basketball is definitely one to to get engaged with when it comes to in game and Mm -hmm. same thing with major league baseball once you get past those starters and start digging into bullpens whether you like a bullpen you can back them there and or do not like a bullpen and go against them just like the dodgers yeah i cash a ticket um but i I was concerned that I might be doing something wrong uh, until the fans actually booed Jansen walking onto the field. I felt pretty good about backing <laughs> the Giants at that point. Uh, how about the uh, Angels and the Twins? Uh, we got that game on the schedule. What have you seen in this matchup? 
Yeah, it's the only game that I'm going to get involved with last night. Last night was two outs away from sweeping the board and winning all three plays last night, although won a game I probably should have lost and then lost the game I felt like I should have won. So a two-and-one night, two night in, in in baseball last night. Just going with one game here, and I'm going, it's, I'm going with the Angels here. It's laying a quarter on the road, but this is really a bet against J.A. Happ. Okay. And Happ has just been... He's been brutal, Pritch. I mean, this has been he, – he took advantage of the cold weather that we saw in Minnesota. I remember, remember those games early. Remember a series of the Red Sox. You couldn't find the baseball because it looked like there was nothing but snow flying around out there throwing snowballs rather than baseballs. And Hap was able to take advantage of the poor weather conditions early in the season there in Minnesota. But since then, he's allowed – his last 12 starts, he's allowed less than three earned runs in just two of those starts. He's been getting tattooed. He got tattooed by the Tigers last weekend. We took that. We took Tigers' first five. That one came in thanks to Hap being out there. He's uh, thinking about his last couple starts, 15 earned runs, last three games, including five home runs here. Pretty good lineup here with the Angels. I'm going to take the shot here. I was thinking about first five, but I'm going to go the full nine in this case here, and I'm going to take the Angels laying a quarter. And again, this is going to be a bet against J.A. Happ and as well as the Twins. Now their biggest bat has been traded off. Mm. That tells you right there, you know where the Twins are. Talk about a team. There's a number of teams that have performed well below expectations. I don't know. Does one come to mind that's had a worse season of what was expected of them than the Minnesota Twins right now? Now you just got rid of your leading home run man and your RBI leader there in the middle of that lineup for the Twins? Nah, make mine the Angels laying a quarter on the road against J.A. All right, I like that angle. Actually, James, because I look at baseball players, and, and you know, sometimes they get bothered by this, whether they're being dangled or not. Uh, Rizzo, uh, you know, uh, there's a number of players uh, at, in this situation from a trade deadline standpoint and uh, so you see a player get traded the season's not going away that you thought it was going to go to so uh, you know you, you have to look for something I, I think as a team as a ball club Minnesota's probably looking for something to dig deep and, and grab a hold to and that was one of the leaders on their team was mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz. Not there a long time, but he he was really a, he he was a guy that was well respected in the clubhouse. They're a veteran player. We know that. Been around the game a long time. And now you take that bat out. Not only the production that he was bringing to that lineup, but also the protection that that Nelson Cruz was bringing to that lineup. How does that impact? I mean, that's a big loss, not only, again, from the numbers standpoint, but the protection of other hitters that were hitting in front and behind him. Yeah, not going to see as many opportunities now with some fatties to hit as far as the fastball is concerned. Yeah, it's going to be tough sled. It was already a bad season for the Twins, 15 games under 500. Mm. Now the slide, the fact that he's gone, slide is only going to continue. Yeah, the Cubs right now um, beating Arizona 7-0. Uh, so here you go with the Cubs. Uh, certainly at home, that certainly helps. But 7-0 uh, right now against the D-backs uh, out there in day baseball. So looking at those games, some other matchups uh, coming up later on. You got the Braves and the Phillies, uh, as well as Washington and Baltimore to keep an eye on. San Diego uh, and Miami as well on the schedule here uh, as well today in Major League Baseball. It's betting across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas. Your other host, James Salinas, live from Denver, Colorado. And live with us right now, Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus, senior analyst over there at Pro Football Focus. Steve, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. 
Thanks for your time today. Uh, absolutely. Um, you just recently, or Pro Football Focus just recently uh, released its top 50 players. Taking a look at the top three on the list, uh, Aaron Donald with 12 and a half sacks. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, 5,025 and a half passing yards. Travis Kelsey, uh, 1,300 and a half passing uh, receiving yards right there. Uh, inclined to go over with 17 games, or, or how do you approach uh, these totals here for these top three players? Yeah, the 17-game uh, the schedule definitely throws you know another, another variable in the mix here, and it, it kind of changes your perspective on things, right? I mean, like a 10-sack season previously, you just, you just change it a little bit. you got you got to opportunities but um you know i, I like the over for for Donald and Bob especially i think you know Donald has just had so much running passer uh mahomes i i, I believe the Chiefs are going to be putting the ball in his hands once again i think they got a little conservative at times last year trying to spread it around i think it's going to be a mahomes driven season the, the one that worries me a little bit is kelsey just because he was so good last year i, I think he'll take a, a bit of a step back from a production standpoint he is the best most uncoverable tight end in the NFL. But I can see the Chiefs trying to uh, trying to spread the ball around a little bit more because that was, I think, a big part of why they, they want, lost the Super Bowl, not just that offensive line. So um, I think Mahomes is going to be chucking it, and Donald, uh, I like him with that for the 12 sacks. Steve, let's talk about the team that lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, the Buffalo Bills. Tremendous season that we saw out of that team, especially on the offensive side, in particular the growth and the maturation of Josh Allen at the quarterback position and really the creativity offensively with a lot of empty sets with, with offense coordinator Brian Dable and it really saw such, a, such an impact to that Bills team all season long offensively. I'm curious about your take on, the, on Josh Allen in particular and the this Buffalo Bills offense rolling into 2020 because there's some lofty numbers tied to Josh Allen, whether we're talking about his passing yards at 4,500 plus touchdowns to go over at 34 and a half. A lot of expectations, high expectations on Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills offense. What do you think to, we're going to see out of Buffalo this season? Yeah, the, the, the tough thing about Allen is he was so good last year. Uh, the, the, the thing I'm trying to wrap my head around is what happened his first two years. Is this because by our numbers at PFF, he was he was a below average starting quarterback. He, he took great strides in 2019, and then last year, one of the better quarterback breakouts we've seen, uh, where you know the the production finally matched the tools that he has, the cannon for an arm, and the athleticism, and everything he brings to the table. And I think you have to credit the Bills for how they've built around him. They they got the offensive line from one of the worst to a, to a reasonable bunch that they are now. And the group of playmakers, you know, again, one of the worst when Josh Allen was drafted and now uh, probably a top three unit with Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, uh, you know, bringing in Emmanuel Sanders and what they have there. So um, I, I like a lot of what's there in Buffalo. The, the thing I'm trying to figure out is, is, is Josh Allen now a perennial superstar or is he a guy that, that had a great season? He peaked, but, but quarterbacks don't always just get better every year. I always joke, it's not like the Madden video game where you, you know, guy gets better every single season. It just doesn't work that way in the NFL. So um, I think you could see a little bit of regression from Josh Allen. I think he's, I love the way, where his game has gone. I love what he brings to the table, how, how much he's improved his short area accuracy, his decision-making, a lot of things. It's, a lot of things have gotten better, but I, I think there's got to be some regression to, uh, to Allen's game compared to last year. 
You know, it's interesting, Steve, uh, looking at Josh Allen, too, his uh, season totals, 45, 50 and a half passing yards, for instance. And I know a lot of people are thinking big things for Buffalo and in particular Josh Allen in a contract situation, too, perhaps. I mean, he's got the fifth year option. Uh, but he works with Jordan Palmer, and Jordan Palmer said that he might be the most physically gifted quarterback ever. Uh, some big words right there from Jordan Palmer. So uh, I, I guess uh, Pro Football Focus really not taking that into an account uh, in terms of expecting a regression here for Josh Allen this season. Well, yeah, I mean, the, he, uh, Jordan's probably not wrong. I mean, it, it is, you know, Elway-esque as far as the, the velocity that he creates with his arm. And it's not just when he's standing in there, when he, does, he can throw it off platform, he can throw it on the run. Um, and he's a freak in the open field. I think that was the one thing I think surprised me the most about Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming is, is just how, just how athletic he looked at the NFL level. Um, you know, when he, when he got into the open field, you know, his size is incredible. Cam Newton-esque. So um, I think there's definitely a lot to like about him, but um, from our standpoint, from a production standpoint, uh, again, you just, you don't necessarily always see quarterbacks get better every year. It's a nice narrative, but we've saw it. We saw it with uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, his second season, he looked like he was destined to become an MVP and a superstar, and um, and a similar, you know, cannon for an arm with with the uh, with good rushing ability. Lamar Jackson had the MVP season in 2019, his second year in the league. Last year, he wasn't as good. He took a step back. It doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback. It just means his production was so tough to replicate from 19 to 20 that he had to, you know, regress just a little bit. So I think that there's there's certainly a possibility that that happens uh, with Josh Allen as well. Steve, for me as a longtime NFL better, I start breaking down from week to week matchups. I start at the line of scrimmage. I start in the trenches with the big uglies. And I know for pro football focus, you all are just starting to release your your ratings of all said units and in particular for the offensive line. I'd like for you to talk a little bit about the how you go in, kind of some of the things, the 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 criteria that you utilize to measure performance of the offensive line, whether it's individual players and or collectively as a unit. It. Talk about some of those measurables that you utilize to, to get those rankings and then talk about some of the top offensive lines in the NFL as well as the bottom part and some of the worst offensive lines in the, in the NFL, if you would, you please. Yeah, so our, our rankings are all dependent on our play-by-play grading. We grade every player on every play in the NFL and also in the FBS and uh, probably the FCS this year as well. Um, and when we grade, we grade production, right? So when you see a left tackle make a great block on a run, uh, we're giving him credit for that. We're not evaluating his technique. It's, uh, it's every play going through that lens. Was it a good block? Was, you know, there are different levels of good blocks. Was it a bad block? Did he completely whiff? Was it an expected block? And we kind of add that all up at the end, and that's where our player grades come from. And it could be, and then you separate run blocking from pass blocking, right? So uh, when we're putting offensive line units together, it's a, it's a matter of what, where does the starting five sit. Uh, take depth into consideration a little bit. There are some teams that are rolling about eight deep and, uh, you know, a backup guard or a swing tackle that are still pretty good players, and that will get factored in. And, and I think one of, the, one of the things about offensive line play uh, is you just you want to avoid having weak links. You want to have – because defenses dictate how they attack you. So if you have a bad right tackle, it's pretty easy for the – you know, to put a Bosa opposite the bad right tackle, to put a Miles Garrett there, to put a Watt, whether it's CJ or JJ, right? It's easy to attack weak links. So I really, uh, when we put the unit rankings together, 
we look for teams that just have few weaknesses. And sometimes in the NFL, just having five average players, and I use average with incredible respect for NFL players when I call them average. They're incredible, the average players. But they're average against their peers. But five average offensive linemen are extremely valuable as a unit in today's NFL. So you, uh, as a team, you want to avoid being bad on the offensive line. It doesn't have to be great, but you want to avoid being bad. So as far as that, let's start with the bad ones. Uh, the Steelers are coming in with a lot of question marks this year. They, they you know, want to make this last run with Big Ben at quarterback, but we rank the Steelers 31st uh, in, our, you know, our, in our offensive line rankings because they have a legitimate five question marks, you know, three or four starters leaving and, you know, guys moving around and relying on some rookies. So I think the Steelers have a massive question uh, at pretty much every spot. The New York Giants are ranked last for us, and, and they had they had one of the highest pressure rates last season, and there's – there's no exact, you know, you know, solution for that right now. Nate Solder's coming back after his opt-out. He might not even be around by the time the season starts. The Giants need to get better. They need their young players to get better before they rank, you know, better than last right now in our offensive line rankings. And at the, the top end, it's the Cleveland Browns, who last year at this time, we actually ranked them sixth. Um, the previous year, they were 20th in 2019. Preseason last year, we ranked them sixth thinking, hey, they're going to make this great step forward because they added Jack Conklin, they drafted Jedrick Wills to play the tackle spots, and they were even better than expected. Wyatt Teller became one of the best run-blocking guards in the league, and they ran that outside zone scheme to perfection. So the Browns are fantastic. The Colts are fantastic again, uh, especially when Eric Fisher's back healthy. We're making an assumption he'll be back and ready to go uh, somewhat early in the season. The Colts have Quentin Nelson, who might be the best offensive lineman in the entire league, uh, and the Patriots are really good power run blocking offensive line in New England that they can use uh, with Cam Newton and that running attack under center if they choose to go with Newton. So um, some pretty good offensive lines this year, but the Browns are, are the top unit uh, coming out of last year and, and heading into 2021. We're speaking with Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, senior analyst at Pro Football Focus, going over the offensive line rankings currently. Uh, number one, Cleveland, like you mentioned, the Colts number two. I want to focus here on the Patriots because this is intriguing to me, uh, being ranked number three. They added Trent Brown back to the fold. Uh, he was the guy that helped them win the Super Bowl when Tom Brady was up there. That's a massive man. So with Cam Newton... Um, assuming a, a running role, I would imagine, not so much of a passer, Mac Jones eventually getting in there as well. Could this be a surprising season for the Patriots with a high-ranking offensive line? Their win total is 9.5 right here in Vegas. Yeah, so like I said earlier, I think, I think being good on the offensive line is fine, but I'd rather be good at the skill position players. You have to be at least reasonable from an offensive line's perspective. You don't want it to be a weakness, and then you need to win – on the perimeter in today's NFL. And I think New England got better when it comes to winning in the passing game, bringing in the two tight ends, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, bringing in Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. They are going to be better out, the, out on the outside. And I think what happens here is the Patriots have more options to win in a given week. Remember last year, they had a lot of games where the Patriots ran for over 200 yards and it looked like, wow, who's going to stop Cam Newton on the goal line? You know, who's going to stop this power running team? And they still have that, right? They still have Trent Brown, who you said coming in. Uh, Michael Enwenu, as a rookie last year, was unbelievable. One of the highest-rated offensive linemen in all of football. Shaq Mason, you know, just, just uh, he destroys people. Isaiah Wynn is fantastic. So they'll have that power running attack, but I think what makes the Patriots better this year is the ability to maybe win through the air. They couldn't do it last year. And I think Cam Newton should have a better season if he's the guy. If it is Mac Jones taking over, 
He does have better weapons and the pass protection to spread the ball around. So, yeah, I do think the Patriots will be uh, better than last year because of a lot of the free agent moves they made for this year. I think eventually it'll catch up to them from a salary cap standpoint, but for 2021, I think the Patriots are, are definitely much improved. Steve, we know that NFL is relevant 365 days of the year, and you can find ways to get action going at any point of the season and off-season for that matter. And thinking ahead, looking forward to the 2022 draft guide that you guys are putting out there at Pro Football Focus, thinking about the odds that are posted right now, odds to be the number one pick overall next year in the 2022 draft. Spencer Rattler leads the list, quarterback there at at Oklahoma, plus 250. Sam Howell's next on the list, plus 350. Pretty much down the line as far as quarterbacks are concerned, but there's a few other players in there, whether it's on the offensive side or the defensive side, whether it's a corner, there was Stingley and or an offensive lineman. I'm just curious from what your guide has coming out, what do you project potentially now with college football going to start here in about a month? What are you thinking as far as the NFL draft is concerned as far as the overall number one pick next year? Yeah, I mean, I think you always have to look at quarterback, obviously. That's why you see Spencer Rattler up there and you see Sam Howell. That does mirror our top two uh, at the moment as far as our preseason NFL draft rankings. Uh, it is such a quarterback-driven league. However, I think when you look at this draft class, as of right now, you know, there's always been, you know, there's always a Joe Burrow breakout or a Kyle Trask breakout, or, you know, Kyler Murray a couple of years ago. But right now, it looks like Rattler's the one guy that you just feel much more confident about. Uh, can understand the Sam Howell love, but I don't think he's in the same. I don't think he's in the same boat as a, as a Spencer Rattler. But if you're looking for the guy that's going to be getting the hype. Uh, that might not be, you know, on the list yet. Malik Willis is number three on our list. He's out of Liberty. He's a lefty. And he, we mentioned Josh Allen earlier. He's got a Josh Allen type of arm. The pure velocity that Malik Willis creates is just incredible. I mean, he, in, in its off platform arm and the whole thing, and he's a great runner. Um, it's just a matter of tidying up everything else, uh, which is very Josh Allen like. You know, Josh Allen had footwork issues, he had accuracy issues. Uh, Malik Willis also isn't nearly as big, but. As far as pure tools goes, uh, Malik Willis out of Liberty has the type of tools that an NFL team could certainly fall in love with. So he's number three on our list right now, and that's a bit of a projection because he hasn't produced yet, but he's got all the tools to, to be one of those breakout performers this year for the draft. Steve, someone else on, high on your list too, JT Daniels, 16-1. to 1. Uh, Willis is 12-1, to 1, by the way, odds to be the number one pick. Uh, but JT Daniels... Uh, for the University of Georgia, 16 to one. Uh, what type of quarterback do you guys see him uh, becoming? And uh, it's certainly because I'm looking at that first game of the year um, for Georgia, uh, a big matchup uh, for them against Clemson. And it's just like, okay, JT Daniels, can he be that type of quarterback? Yeah, he's he's an inconsistent one. Is is the thing? You know, he coming out at USC. You know, he before he transferred, it was like, all right, here's a true freshman who's coming out here and. And showing a lot of good stuff early, and he, and then he kind of, you know, took a step back at one point in his career. Kind of, you know, gets hurt, loses his job. Now he's at Georgia, and, and even his early time at Georgia last year, you see, you see the inconsistency, right? I mean, he throws the ball down the field uh, uh, very well. He's very aggressive, but uh, sometimes it's in the double coverage. So, mm. so I think with JT Daniels, you see a little bit of the good, a little bit of the bad. He's got to clean up his decision making, but. Uh, he's a toolsy, very talented quarterback who also uh, could be in for a big year. But 
got to got to tidy up the decision making, especially against Clemson. Hey, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus senior analyst over there with Pro Football Focus. Follow him on Twitter at pff underscore Steve. Steve, that was awesome. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Great job right there. That was outstanding information right there. Not only the offensive line, I'm surprised there a little bit, James, uh, with the Patriots. And so taking another look right there, nine and a half win total uh, there for New England and the Patriots. Uh, more uh, NFL football coming up here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's new episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod features a cast reunion of the 2014 TV series Horse Players. Jockeys Guild CEO Terry Meeks discusses the riding crop controversy and last weekend's Haskell Stakes. And DraftKings Sportsbook's Johnny Avello handicaps this weekend's top races, including tomorrow's coaching club American Oaks at Saratoga. Subscribe at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or download it now at vcin.com slash podcast. Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you. Uh, James, uh, we're going to do something here with the National Football League, uh, some scenarios. we got three of them. And, and I want to ask you questions. Would you play and then would you play and pray uh, after making a play? And then would you just completely stay away? So it's National Football League. For instance, Miles Garrett over 12 and a half sacks. Would you play, pray, or stay away from that? I think I'd, if I was going to do it, I think let's do this, let's just go here. I think I'll stay away from Miles Garrett. Not that he's not a great player, but he's got to be on the field for a full 16 games. He's only surpassed that number once in his short career in four years. So I think here he's he needs to play the full. In this case, they'll have 17 games, and that's the other thing we have to factor in an additional game here. But thinking about just the the attention that. Miles Garrett commands on that defense uh, from opposing offensive lines because he has been the only one consistently to apply pressure. I know Olivia Vernon was there and that helped out on the other side of the football. Clowney is going to be on this team. I don't know how healthy or what we'll expect out of, out of Clowney, but I think for me, that's probably one I'll just stay away right now, even though I like Garrett as a player and I like what Cleveland has done uh, in the offseason through the draft and free agency to bolster that defense. Mm-hmm. I think that defense is going to be much improved than what we saw last year. They really had nowhere else to go, but up did the Cleveland Browns defense last year, but I think that's the one I'll just stay away from Miles Garrett. So two other choices here because of a, a play, pray, or stay away situation. Aaron Donald over 12 and a half, 12 and a half sacks too, and then T.J. Watt over 12 and a half sacks. So all of these guys are over 12 and a half sacks. Uh, so staying away from Miles Garrett, uh, but play and pray for either Aaron Donald or T.J. Watt over 12 and a half sacks. Or, or completely stay away from uh, those last two selections there? I think I'd play both, and I don't think I need to pray for either one. Aaron Donald, the most <laughs> disruptive defensive player in the league and at the defensive line. I mean, talk about somebody who commands attention, <laughs> double teams, triple teams, you name it, the whole offensive line. They know exactly where Aaron Donald is lining up each and every possession, but he just he just throws guys around. I mean, just such a, such an impactful defensive player. I mm-hmm. love Aaron Donald, and I, I'd, I'll take him to go over just because I, I, I'll pray for myself. If I don't go, if I bet against him, he might, I don't want to be on on the receiving end of what he does out there. He's such a great player. And then I think I'll play TJ Watt too. I think he's, he's a durable player for one. 
he can get after it. He's played. He only missed one game in the past three seasons. That was last year where they, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers already had their playoff spot set up. They already knew where they were. There was no reason to play, so he just sat out with a number of other teammates last year. So love the motor that T.J. Watt has. Love that defensive line as well that keeps a lot of the interior linemen occupied too. And, yeah, good luck putting a uh, chipping out there with the back or a tight end to get on T.J. Watt. Watt's, a, Watt's got a great motor. I like both those guys to go over when it comes to Donald and Watt and those sacks totals. Okay, these next three, they're all plus 800, James. So Joe Burrow plus 800, Nick Bosa plus 800, Carson Wentz plus 800 to win comeback player of the year. Uh, who would you play, pray, or stay away from in terms of all three of these guys winning comeback player of the year? Because Joe Burrow with the injury, you highlighted that. Nick Bosa, the injury, you highlighted that as well. Carson Wentz with the new team uh, coming back uh, as well. I think if I was going to do it, I, I, for Nick Bosa, it would be pray that he stays healthy. Tore, uh, tore the ACL last year, tore his ACL in high school, missed time in college, I think with an ab surgery, something like that. So he's got a, a history of injuries, does Nick Bosa, and then I'm going to totally stay away from Joe Burrow because I don't think he's going to have enough games under his belt to be the comeback player of the year. Plays on a bad team, too. We were talking about bad offensive lines with Steve with Pro Football Focus the last segment. I'm sure Cincinnati is right there in the bottom of it when it comes to poor offensive lines in the NFL. But thinking about for for Burrow to come back, he's only good right now. He had, he had surgery last December, major reconstruction. I can't see him being available week one. And if he is, he's not going to be anywhere close to 100% ready to go out there and compete. So by default, we'll have to go with, if we're going to play one of those three, by default, it's got to be Carson Wentz. Uh, but I think I'd, I'd stay away from him too. I can't find one I want to play. Sorry, guys. No play for me on any of those guys because I don't think either three uh, are going to be able to sustain a full season. Well, it's tough. Uh, Nick Bosa coming back from an injury, uh, probably playing that at plus 800 and pray uh, on that ticket as well. But I agree with you, Carson Wentz, uh, to win comeback player of the year, plus 800 uh, right there. Stay away from Joe Burrow. Uh, Coming up next on the program, AFC South receiving and passing totals. That's next. football betting guys are coming soon and there is no better way to prepare for the college or pro football seasons our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings plus best bets on season win totals division finishes and player awards each guide is only 20 bucks and discounts are available when you buy both now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for the vcin all access and get everything we offer for the entire football season Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today. James, AFC South passing totals. You got Ryan Tannehill, Trevor Lawrence, Carson Wentz. We're leaving Houston out of this one. Um, Tannehill, 41.75 and a half passing yards. 28 and a half passing touchdowns for the quarterback with the Titans. I think for the passing touchdowns, I'll stay away from all the passing touchdowns for most of these quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. thinking about the passing yards for Tannehill and Trevor Lawrence and Carson Wentz, 
the division that they play in just says, how can you bet the under in right. any for any of those players? And I know Trevor Lawrence, rookie quarterback, you're going to have ups and downs with the rookie quarterback coming in in any team, but at least he has the benefit of playing some of the, the to me, the, the AFC South is by far the weakest division when it comes to from top to bottom, uh, the weakest d- division defensively, and especially on the back end when it comes to pass defense. Tennessee, their pass defense was non-existent last year, as was their pass rush to help out that poor pass defense. It didn't exist. I don't think that's going to improve this season. Uh, same thing. I mean, you're, you're talking about Jacksonville, too. We know that uh, just a, a work in progress there for the Jacksonville Jaguars and plenty of holes to fill and a young roster to, to speak to. And, and thinking about the Colts defense, yeah, the, I love the run defense for the Colts and very athletic up front. And DeForest Buckner is such a load. He commands so much up front that the linebackers get to swoop in with their speed and their physicality and and make a lot of those tackles in the run game, but you, they're susceptible on the back end too. And then do I don't even need to say any more about the Houston Texans, do I, mm. with that roster and that defense there. Just that alone, each one of those quarterbacks is going to, they're going to have six games to play. You're either playing in a dome or you're playing in warm weather sites. Like it's just so conducive right. for the passing game for all of these teams. I just can't make a case to say I like the under the passing yards for any of those quarterbacks. I agree with you on that one. I think some people have question marks about Todd Downing, who's a new offensive coordinator with the Titans, but uh, you got Ryan Tannehill and you got these two weapons, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. So so let's look at the receivers, too, uh, in the AFC South and their totals. A.J. Brown, 11.75 and a half, eight and a half receiving touchdowns for A.J. Brown. Julio Jones, uh, 1,099 and a half uh, receiving yards, five and a half uh, touchdowns right there. So what we said about uh, Ryan Tannehill, this this division, the defense is in this division. Uh, what about wide receivers, James? I need to ask you this, Chris. So, mm-hmm. from a wide wide receiver perspective, we know how the rules are now. You can't basically you can't touch any offensive player, and the receivers just get full, you know, full easy release off the line. You get to run around without the threat of uh, getting tagged too often. So, but as a receiver, and you've been through this in your career, when you're going from to a new team, not only it's a new quarterback, a new coaching staff, a new system, how how much of a challenge is that from a receiver standpoint to to go from what you knew and now going on to a new team, how much time does it take to really feel like, all right, I'm really vested, I really feel dialed in, and I've got a chemistry going with this new quarterback? Because the quarterback, thinking about Tennessee, and you think mm-hmm. about where you're at with Tannehill and his connection already there with A.J. Brown, if you're Julio Jones coming over now, and he's a great talent, we know that, but uh, how does he work himself in? What do you think that looks like for a, for a receiver like Julio Jones coming into a new system and really having to get some some camaraderie going with the new quarterback in Tannehill? It can be a quick process, James. I mean, I think uh, chemistry is everything. You you have so many reps to develop chemistry. So from a wide receiver standpoint, my rookie year, whether it's Chris Miller or Brett Favre, uh, you can develop chemistry because of all the reps. The same thing with John Elway. Uh, as soon as I arrived in Denver, uh, you start to get the work. And, and so you just rep it out. And, and to me, that's when you develop that chemistry. That's when a quarterback knows your body language as well. I mean, Warren Moon coming up to Seattle, a uh, prime example, is able to develop chemistry with him uh, because of a work ethic. And I think Julio Jones has that type of work ethic. Uh, so I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't look at it that way in terms of he's going to be slow to learn out there with Tennessee and the Titans. I think he'll catch on uh, pretty quick uh, out there in Tennessee. 
So between those two then, because you're talking 1,000 yards, you're talking almost 1,200 yards for A.J. Brown mm-hmm. and 1,100 yards to hit that total to go over for Julio Jones. With this offense, you just talked about it now with downing the new offensive coordinator and what what is that going to look like from an offensive identity standpoint? We knew what it was there with Arthur Smith and the great balance that Tennessee had and really Tannehill being able to feed off the play action because of the running threat and the ability of, of the running game with that offensive line and Derrick Henry in particular. I, I'm not really sure where I would go here between those two or if I'm just looking at, do, I, do you favor one or the other to be able to hit that number there, Bridge? I, I favor AJ Brown only because I'm questioning Julio Jones. I know he, I know he works hard, right? But uh, he's been a guy that's been injured uh, lately, and he's getting older. So, uh, you know, 1,099 and a half receiving yards, five and a half receiving touchdowns. That's lofty. Uh, in my opinion, at this point, even though Julio, if he does stay healthy, he should surpass that, though. Uh, but from a betting standpoint, I don't know if I can bet on the fact that he's going to be healthy, though, James. And uh, looking at other players on this list, too, Michael Jr., 800 and a half receiving yards. T.Y. Hilton, 800 and a half receiving yards as well. I mean, does that seem low for the Colts? Well, maybe for Pittman. I mean, I know Pittman's a young player, and he had surgery during the middle of the year, but really came on in the second half of the season. But now you've got a new quarterback you're going to have to to work with, and you talked about getting those reps in in the offseason, mm-hmm. which they'll have a full offseason and preseason games this year. T.Y. Hilton, more so just, you know, he really flourished with the old system there. We're working with the old quarterback there when it came to, to Andrew Luck, and he's had multiple quarterbacks that have to deal with the last couple years. But maybe somebody like Pittman, just the size alone, big fella, right? Six foot four, 220, 225. Somebody that can not only catch the ball, he only dropped the ball three times last year, but he's a guy that can break tackles. I don't know if T.Y. Hilton's really one. He might <laughs> shake off a tackle here or there, but he's not breaking any tackles. He's looking for the sideline when he goes. So you're looking for yardage, and we're talking about yardage and more explosive plays and guys being able to get yards after the catch. To me, that's probably better, more better suited to Pittman just based on his youth and his size right, right now than it is with with uh, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, you saw Cortland Sutton go from his rookie year to his second year before the injury to a Pro Bowl player. Uh, so Michael Pittman, a bigger receiver, if he can utilize his body uh, with a capable quarterback and a fantastic offensive line, maybe he can have a great year too. So uh, looking at his receiving totals, 800 and a half uh, receiving yards from Michael Pittman Jr. How about this next guest, James Salinas? Serious XM college football analyst and Heisman Trophy winner, Gino Toretta. He joins the program. Come up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. $1 wager on the Yankees or Red Sox into 100 with Betham Jim. If either team hits a home run, just use the bonus code VSIN100 when you sign up with the King of Sportsbooks. Download the app or go to betthamgym.com for more details and make sure to use promo code VSIN100. It's a new customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit betthamgym.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Washington, D.C., Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Washington, D.C., and Virginia. 800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 
in Tennessee. Call or text the red line 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today, and so is our next guest, Sirius XM college football analyst and Heisman Trophy winner, Gino Toretta. Gino, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Uh, thanks a lot for your time on the program. Well, big news out of college football. Uh, OU and Texas uh, look like they're going to begin the process to apply for the SEC. Uh, how do you think this is all going to shake out? <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's very interesting as, uh, you know, with realignment, you had the power of five, uh, which kind of didn't make sense when you only had four teams in the playoffs, so it didn't guarantee four. Um, you know, Texas, what did they flirt? They flirted with going to the Pac-12 uh, a few years ago. Now, now Texas and Oklahoma is going to be a package deal to the to the SEC. I, you know, to me, I, I think it's all very interesting. It's it, it's essentially a you know a uh, investment decision, if you will. They're following the money, and the biggest money in the conferences is in the Southeastern Conference. I think that. Uh, you know, the NC2A is, you know, nowhere to be, you know, had in some kind of governing body, you know, like the NFL of, of having a salary cap and things like that. And how they don't, you know, just figure out, figure this thing out. But it's it's going to leave the Big 12 probably for, for not what happens to them. Do they then raid the American Athletic Conference for a couple more teams or four teams? Um you know, I, to me, I just I hope whatever what happens, we have great games and competitive games on Saturday, and we know that's not always the case with some preseason games and some you know games against directional schools by by some of the power power five and uh, some of the bigger schools. Gino, James Salinas out here in Denver, Colorado. Pleasure to have you on the program today. And thinking about where we're at now, we're talking SEC and Alabama as far as winning another national championship last year. Uh, They are the favorite to win the national championship this year, 2021, uh, sitting at plus 250. And it's really the same players. It's Alabama. It's Clemson, Ohio State. Uh, Give us your assessment not only of Alabama going into this season now with Bryce Young taking over at the quarterback position, position but maybe looking down the line of looking thinking about Oklahoma who might potentially move to the SEC their chances to to get into the college football playoff and maybe any kind of long shots out there that you might be thinking has a chance to to play spoiler whether it's Texas A&M or Wisconsin or maybe even Iowa State well I think uh you know with Alabama you know you had the turnover with with Mac Jones at, at quarterback you have all the weapons basically leave offensively which you know that I guess if there's a chink in Alabama's armor, which there hasn't been many chinks in their armor over the last decade, you'd say that. But their defense is still locked and, and loaded. Clemson's reloading again at, at quarterback. Um, Ohio State is is as well. Um, you know, I, I think that you know it's great. We I think the last few years we've kind of talked about Texas A&M. Hey, they seem to have all the pieces of the puzzle. Is this their year to to spoil Alabama's chances in the West? And and they don't do it. I I think that you know when 
when we talk about it, we build up certain teams and they don't come through for us. <laughs> I, I, I'm more of a show me show me first and then I'll believe it on the uh, on the Texas A&M side. I, you know, I, I think that you know it's still going to be that when you look at the, those schools that you mentioned that are the leaders, they have recruited better than than other schools in the over the past decade. And are are one or, or two of them going to have a chink in the armor and maybe get a loss during the season? Maybe, but over the course of it and and the course of the season is they they have better talent than than the other schools and then Alabama obviously has arguably the greatest coach in uh, you know in college football history. We're speaking with Heisman Trophy winner. Serious XM college football analyst Gino Toretta here on Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you. So let's get to uh, your program, uh, Miami. They open up with Bama. Uh, you just talked about Bama, the SEC. Now, uh, as a betting public here, Gino, um, right now Miami is catching 17 and a half points at home. Well, I want some information on the Hurricanes. I thought they were going to – well, they have turned the corner. Uh, they're not back to being the U. Certainly when you were there, fantastic – uh, but certainly improved, though, as a program. Well, they yeah, they've improved. We got Derek King as you know he was the transfer grad transfer from Houston. Hank had a had a great season. Ended up you know bad knee injury at the end of the year. He's been rehabbing. They say he's going to be at a hundred percent. You know they have a lot of the weapons back on offense. My my concern offense. You know at least when I look at my alma mater, you had three defensive linemen, two of them going the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to hard to replace that. You know, we, we have not recruited like Alabama in the in the past, uh, you know, decade or so with, with that. So I think that, uh, you know, have they turned the corner? You know, in, in, in that first game, you know, listen, when, when you play in the Sugar Bowl or you play in Atlanta, it is a home game for the SEC team. And there's going to be 90, I'm going to say 90% of Atlanta's stadium is going to be Alabama fans. And Miami is going to be the road team, and they are going to be drowned out by by noise. Uh, and that is a home game for Alabama. So I think that that's, that's why that number is that high. And, you know, the, the only thing you look at from positive from Miami is you got a new quarterback, a bunch of new guys offensively, you know, for Alabama. Can you force them to make some mistakes? And then, you know, maybe maybe you cover that number or, or, uh, or win the game. But, uh, you know, let's, we, we have some players that are as good as Alabama's, but, I, you know, top to bottom, we don't have the roster that, that they do right now. Gina, stay, Gino, staying in the ACC conference and thinking about Clemson, you mentioned them and how they're just they're up there with Alabama now as far as just reloading when it comes to recruiting and talent, and they've been dominant in the ACC the last six years moving on to the college football playoff. I'm just wondering here, you talked about Miami. Give us your assessment of North Carolina, what Mac Brown has been able to do with this Tar Heels team in just a short period of time since coming back and returning as the head coach there for the Tar Heels, and also Sam Howell and your assessment of his season going forward, and can they potentially, can North Carolina really potentially give Clemson a run in the ACC? Well, I, I think they can. I think they've given them a run, you know, head-to-head the last couple of years. I, I think that, uh, you know, how's the – probably the best quarterback, you know, returning quarterback in the ACC this season. I think the the question mark I would probably have is, 
you know, the running backs that, that North Carolina lost, I think, uh, God, I, if, if, if my nightmares served me correctly, they had about 700 yards rushing against Miami. They're still, they, those guys are still scoring on Miami <laughs> on the ground. So uh, I, I would say that, you know, North Carolina, yes, they have some top line talent, but again, you know, the depth, you know, you look at a Clemson, they have not only the top line talent, but then the depth that they do get banged up during the course of the season, there's not much drop off with the backup, but you know, if there's a guy, a coach in the ACC that you're like, okay, who, who can put something together that has done it in the past and history, it would be Mac Brown that he would find some way to, uh, to be able to beat Clemson and, uh, and that, but you know, they're, they're definitely the, the leaders in the, in the coastal and, you know, they'll get that shot, maybe two shots at, at Clemson the regular season and then during the uh, during the ACC championship game. But they would be my pick on the, on the coastal side. And then, you know, you never know. I mean, Florida State, you know, do they have weapons? I mean, Florida is loaded with talent. The state's loaded with talent. Can they catch lightning in a bottle? You know, you mentioned Iowa State in the, in the Big 12. I mean, Purdy's coming back. Those guys have a great coach. They're exciting to watch. Um, you know, it's just kind of getting over that same hurdle that the Texas A&M has to. They got to get past Texas and they got to get past Oklahoma in the same year. Gino, we got about 30 seconds left, but I have to ask you this question. Heisman Trophy winner, 1992, also a serious XM college football analyst. I, I, I want to ask you, because I know you can't really divulge, but who do you like for the Heisman this year? <laughs> Oh my God! Who are the, who are the odds makers? I was like trying to think of who are the odds makers. It seems like we've lost a couple of years with COVID. Did we? <laughs> yeah, Spencer Rattler uh, is the favorite, and you got JT I, Daniels I there. Probably, yeah, I would probably say Rattler would would be the the guy that at least in my mind, based on experience, based on you know Oklahoma's going to put up some some uh, stud numbers, you know, for a quarterback in 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 the Big Twelve. You know, the great thing about the Heisman and, and, you know, as these preseason lists come out where they, oh, this guy's up for the, for he's on the award list. Well, everybody in the country is on the Heisman preseason list because anybody can win it. That's the best part about it is, you know what, there's going to be probably five guys, maybe two of them we thought were going to be there and three new ones and one of those three might come out of the come out of the woods and uh, and take it i hear you it happens we, we do know that about the heisman trophy gino toretta serious xm college football analyst and heisman trophy winner thank you so much for your time gino that was awesome you're welcome guys thanks all right take care uh james gino toretta he was up there in seattle i was up there he was up there when dennis erickson and i was up there with the hawks Teammate, very yeah. nice. Hey, you. That's why we. That's why we have him on. I love it, yeah. Rich. Always getting great insight, whether it's college football coming up soon or NFL from your perspective too. Have a great weekend, my guys in the desert. Coming up next. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.